Hello, I'm Pastor Nathan from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. And in this installment of Walking Our Way Through the Bible, we come to Acts chapter 9. So let's begin in verse 1, and then we'll come back and reflect on it. Now Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus, said he found any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he traveled and was near Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said. I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. He replied, but get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound, but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. He was unable to see for three days and did not eat or drink. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he replied, get up and go to the street called Straight. The Lord said to him, to the house of Judas, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and he has authority here from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Ananias went and entered the house. He placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road you were traveling, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. At once something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul was with the disciples in Damascus for some time. Immediately, he began proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues. He is the Son of God. All who heard him were astounded and said, Isn't this the man in Jerusalem who was causing havoc for those who called on this name and came here for the purpose of taking them as prisoners, the chief priests? But Saul grew stronger and kept confounding the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. After many days had passed, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Saul learned of their plot, so they were So they were watching the gates day and night, intending to kill him. But his disciples took him by night and lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the wall. When he arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, since they did not believe he was a disciple. Barnabas, however, took him and brought him to the apostles, and explained to them how Saul had seen the Lord on the road, and that the Lord had talked to him, and how in Damascus he had spoken boldly in the name of Jesus. Saul was coming and going with them in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He conversed and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the brothers found out, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit and increased in numbers. As Peter was traveling from place to place, he also came to the saints who lived in Lydia. There he found a man named Ananias who was paralyzed, oh, Aeneas, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. And immediately he got up. So all who lived in Lydia and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which is translated translated Dorcas. She was always doing good works and acts of charity. About that time, she became sick and died. After washing her, they placed her in a room upstairs. Since Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples heard that Peter was there and sent two men to him who urged him, don't delay in coming with us. Peter got got up and went with them. 
When he arrived, they led him to the room upstairs, and all the widows approached him, weeping and showing him the robes and clothes that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. He knelt down, prayed, and turning toward the body, said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her stand up. He called the saints and widows and presented her alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Peter stayed for some time in Joppa with Simon, a leather tanner. So there's a lot that goes on in Acts chapter 9. The first thing we see is that Saul, the same person that we saw, was holding the outer clothing of people who were stoning Stephen to death. The same person who was going around persecuting the church. And in the beginning of Acts chapter 9, we see he actually seeks special permission to go farther out and persecute more men and women who are Christians. This man encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus. Jesus appears to him in a vision and and it causes temporary blindness. But even though Jesus said just a few words, his presence was so powerful that it totally caused Paul to turn away from persecuting the church and actually become one of the greatest defenders of the church, one of the greatest proclaimers of the gospel. Many times we look at our own life and then we compare it to somebody like Peter or some of the apostles or, or, or Paul later in his life. And we say, you know, I, I don't have a life that reflects that. So how can I be used for God? How could I be an instrument to proclaim the good news of the gospel and be and advance the kingdom of God? Well, look here in chapter 9. Saul definitely was not suited at that state in his, time, in his life to be an instrument for God, to go and proclaim the gospel. In fact, he was the exact opposite, persecuting the church and imprisoning men, women, and children who believed in the gospel. This should be a, a comfort to us that God wants to use every single one of us, right? He wants to use you for a special purpose, a special plan that he has for your life. Now, this doesn't mean that we can go about living the same way we always have. We see in just chapter 9 that Saul's life takes a complete 180. But we don't have to wait around until we're perfect enough for God to call us. Instead, we need to turn to Jesus, rely on him, ask him to fill us with his Holy Spirit, and ask him to use us for his plans and purposes. That's what we see happens here with Saul, is that when he turns to Jesus, his life is transformed. Now, there's still things that have to be worked out. There's still lack of acceptance by the the brothers in Jerusalem. Um, I'm sure there's still a lot of stuff that he had to learn, a lot of things he had to process. What we see is that once he had that special encounter with Jesus, his life direction completely turned around. Now, as we said earlier, there's probably life changes or habits that he had to get rid of, that he had to surrender over to God. Um, But we see just a radical transformation with an encounter with Jesus. Now, one of the things that's amazing is that in verse 31, it says, So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened. This is a pretty profound statement because the reason that the church is in Galilee, Samaria, and Judea and starting to scatter around is because they faced intense persecution, right? That's the whole reason that the church is spread out already. And the pastors around here are kind of filled with stories of Peter facing persecution. Later on, it will be Paul facing persecution. And, and to say that the church is at peace and strengthened is pretty amazing. But that indicates that the strength and the peace that they're finding is not based on the exterior details of their life, not in their health or their wealth or their prosperity, but in the presence that's living in them. Because they're growing in their faith and they're enjoying God together, 
and their relationship with God is being enriched, and they're growing in their understanding, then they can say that the church is being strengthened and is at peace. So we see a lot of really fascinating things in Acts chapter 9, and I hope that this has helped you as you seek to study and understand Acts chapter 9 and the rest of the Bible. And I pray that in all things, God's name will be glorified and His will be done.